Welcome to Talking Sense. I'm Mark Osorio. And I'm Teresa Arago. We're financial advisors, and if there's one thing we understand, it's that money can be confusing. So get ready, because we're breaking down what you don't know about money today on Talking Sense. Teresa, hmm. I just saved my clients a bunch of money on their car insurance. Want to know how? Was it in 15 minutes or less? It was. <laughs> but no, I don't do that. But I did help my clients save for their future and save taxes all at the same time. Okay, now that's more interesting. Yeah, it's quite a bit more interesting. I set them up in a tax shelter. Okay. That cool? That's a very broad term, though. What does that yeah. mean? <laughs> so we discussed tax shelters briefly mm-hmm. uh, in a few episodes ago as we brought you some tips on how to spice up your financial life. Mm-hmm. If you enjoyed learning about them, then you won't want to miss this convo. All right. So today we'll be discussing some of the most tax efficient vehicles out there. Mm-hmm. And again, we've been talking a little bit about these because it involves, it involves retirement accounts, mm-hmm. health savings accounts, college savings, uh, even annuities, right? So where should we begin? Well, I think the reason we've talked about these before is we they are so integral to investment planning. Mm-hmm. Each of these have their place, but we've usually talked to them in, in kind of the perspective of using them for a tool. We've never really talked about the personal benefits that you have for these. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's really cool that we're doing that. Investments and investment accounts that provide tax favorable treatment almost have like a, a snowball effect to your savings. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I uh, like that you um, are dumb to the, uh, the, the definition, wow. right? So yeah, I think that is a perfect place to start. Uh, so yeah, that's the exact definition of a tax shelter. Uh, is you know, a type of account or uh, investments that give you some sort of tax benefit, mm-hmm. uh, and mainly whenever it comes to certain transactions that that we mm-hmm. place in, in these accounts. For example, invest in retirement, mm-hmm. right? So, what are some of the tax shelters that we have got at our disposal there? So, I think the most powerful one that gets probably the least credit is the employer plan. I think you're if you have access to an employer plan, um, they're they're usually going to give you a match. So there's a great tool there. Mm-hmm. And you can choose pre-tax or after-tax dollars. So if you're trying to lower your taxable income for the current year, then that pre-tax option is going to do that for you. If you're trying to maybe make sure you get maximized mm-hmm. assets later on in retirement, then that after-tax or some people call it Roth option may make sense to you. But both of those, once you put the money in it, grow tax deferred. And because you're getting a match, you're getting free money out of it. Mm-hmm. So we always encourage you to get your match on that at least. Um, and then whatever it is that your plan requires. Okay. Employer plan. Mm-hmm. So not something like in the Cayman Islands or offshore account. Yeah, or anything like- that's the kind of thing. When people use the phrase tax sheltered account, they think it's something for the wealthy, right? You think that's something the rich and famous get to use that yeah. none of us little you know minions get to use. But all, many of us have access to an employer plan. And with recent legislation, even more people have access to one than did in the past. Mm-hmm. So using that tool, it, it is absolutely a game changer. We see it all the time. And we've talked before, like those that have those jobs like doctors and, and uh, lawyers and things like that. Many of them are mm-hmm. contractors. Mm-hmm. So they don't have access to an employer plan, which means they have to be even more intentional with other tools than your average person who has a job that has an employer plan. Yeah. Yeah. I was just, you beat me to it. I was just about to ask. So what about, you know, all the people that don't have access to an employer plan? What a lot of people don't realize is you can have a self-employed employer plan or a small business employer plan too. Mm -hmm. But if even that wasn't an option, almost everybody can access some form of an IRA. 
So IRA means individual retirement account. So I, the limits are low uh, compared to what you can put into an employer plan, but anything put back is better than nothing put back, in my opinion. Yeah. As far as you know, the reason why we call these tax shelters is because uh, you can do either pre-tax or after-tax contributions into these. You get tax-deferred growth. What does it then, mean to tax-defer growth, though? Because I think I've talked about it, but I don't think we've been specific about it. Yeah. Yeah. No good question. So tax-deferred growth just means that uh, whereas in a non-retirement account, you would have to pay taxes each year on your interest, dividends, and capital gains. You get to defer the taxes on all of those transactions until you take the money out of the account. Mm -hmm. Which leaves more invested to allow it to kind of snowball over time. Yeah, because of compound growth, right? So the whole uh, concept of compound growth is, you know, that you've got interest that is growing on top of, you know, the your original principal plus the interest, right? So uh, if you're able to defer the, the taxes from it, that means that each year you've got a larger sum of money that you're able to uh, to grow interest on top of. Mm -hmm. And if you did use that after-tax option, that Roth option, and you meet the requirements, mm -hmm. then later on you get to take out all that growth tax-free. Exactly. So you have the opportunity to get even more out of that tax deferral if you're holding it long-term. There's always a caveat. There's always a gotcha. Yep. If, if the government's going to give us something, there's always the gotcha. And when it comes to retirement accounts, that gotcha is age 59 and a half. If you take funds out before age 59 and a half in a tax deferred retirement account, you're going to be penalized. The mm -hmm. amount of the penalty does depend on what kind of account it is. Um, with those small business employer plans, the penalty is higher in the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, but you can, you're guaranteed you're going to have at least 10%. Right. Plus, it's taxable income to you if it's uh, the pre-tax kind. So you always want to pretend like that money is dead to you until retirement. Exactly. And there are contribution limits, right? Because mm -hmm. if you're uh, stashing money away in a pre-tax account, that actually lowers your taxable income for the year. And we know that you know the IRS wouldn't want us to completely erase all of our mm -hmm. taxable income each year. So we've got contribution limits. I like but there are some great strategies, like in a couple, mm -hmm. I've seen situations where maybe the husband and the wife don't both have access. Mm -hmm. So he puts it like a ton in, mm -hmm. as much to the limit as he can. And she doesn't necessarily contribute more than just the match. Mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's strategies you can use as a family if you're in that kind of dynamic that your advisor can help you kind of maximize your options there. Right. Pretty much the, the main tax shelters when we're mm -hmm. looking into uh, retirement, saving for retirement. Uh, what about health? You know, we, we know that in retirement, uh, that is one of the largest expenses that mm -hmm. you know, every retiree is going to experience. Uh, so how can we set up a tax shelter for that? So there are these accounts called HSAs or health savings accounts. And, and you kind of refer to it as the trifecta effect yeah. when it comes to the type of savings account it is. So explain that. Yeah, so you know, a trifecta is just basically a, a very winning hand, right? I, mm -hmm. I think uh, you know that comes from like horse racers or something mm -hmm. like that. But essentially, it's that you get to deduct it from your taxes, right? So it is a pre-tax contribution that's already a tax benefit there. Then it also grows tax deferred. So so you can invest it in most right. options. You can invest it, and depending on where that uh, HSA is held, mm -hmm. uh, not all of them have the investment option, but you can always transfer to a different HSA that does allow for you to invest the, the money. Tax deductible, tax deferred, and as long as you use it for a qualified uh, medical expense, then you get to use the funds 
tax free. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's there's not a much better way uh, to to really save for health expenses. And these types of accounts are usually offered through an employer that has what's called a high deductible plan. Mm -hmm. um, and those follow you out of your employment. And that's one of those things people don't realize is you yeah. it's not a use it or you lose it. That's the FSA. If you don't mm -hmm. use it in a given year, you'll lose the proceeds. With an HSA, you can actually build it up over your working years and then use it in retirement to cover expenses. So it's a really great tool mm -hmm. if you have access to it. Not everybody's going to have access to it because you do have to qualify. Yeah, that's right. And one of the things, though, is that you don't even need to have uh, an employer, right? As long as you have a Correct. high deductible plan, then you can open up your own HSA and mm -hmm. be contributing to that. Uh, now, the contribution limits are different uh, depending on who all is in the plan, mm -hmm. right? So if you are the only person that's in that plan, uh, then the contribution limit uh, is a certain amount. And then if your whole family is in it, then it doubles. Correct. So you, you really need to look into those contribution limits, make sure you qualify. Mm -hmm. And then uh, if it's a good fit for you, you can implement it yourself. And then our last one, of course, is the 529, which again, is also a trifecta Very much so. um, under certain circumstances. So yeah. there are state tax benefits to adding to a 529 plan if you use the one that is in the same state that you live in. Right. So each state has their own plan. And in Arkansas, which is where we live, there is the Arkansas plan. They do have a version of it where you can use an advisor or you can do it yourself on their website. Mm -hmm. just depends on which one's a better fit for your family. But that trifecta is if I contribute to my state's plan for my child, I can deduct a certain amount off of my state taxes. So I get to save there mm -hmm. on my income. It does grow tax deferred. And then if we use it for qualified expenses, which now also mm -hmm. includes private school, then right. we can take those funds out tax-free as well. So we still have that kind of trifecta effect mm -hmm. of being able to triple avoid taxes, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, no, and it is a huge, huge way to, to save, uh, like Teresa said, not only now for college expenses, but also for things like private school and mm -hmm. even uh, student loans. Mm -hmm. uh, now there are limits on the amount that you can use for these expenses. Uh, so you'll, you'll want to... Uh, again, uh, make sure to plan mm -hmm. and uh, have a strategy for that. One of the things I love about the 529 option is that anybody can add to it. So mm -hmm. I can create an account for my child and all of the family members can add to it. One of the strategies I talk to clients about mm -hmm. is make the family aware and take up a collection on birthdays and Christmas. Like instead of buying my child a freakishly large gift that I'm going to have to figure out where to put it and, mm -hmm. you know, they may love it for about three weeks and then it's probably going to disappear. Get them a smaller gift yeah, and then contribute to the plan. I actually, uh, both Lucas and Elena, their aunt and uncle have been doing this since they were babies. Wow. They opened a plan for them that every birthday, every Christmas, they give them a book or they give them a small puzzle, something like that. And there's always like a little fake money in there of how much they added to their plan, which I've always thought was so adorable. So that's a really cool part of it because you can use yeah. that kind of group, what's it called? Crowdfunding yeah. to take care of your kids' needs. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, each year it seems like they add more and more uh, mm -hmm. benefits and features uh, to how these 529 accounts can be used. So mm -hmm. the, the um, latest one that, that I've heard I'm about. I'm really excited about it. Yeah. The latest one that I've heard about is that, uh, you know, up to a certain amount, if not all the funds are used, mm -hmm. then the money can actually be rolled over into a Roth IRA. For that child. So yeah. historically, what you would have to do is say, my parents had created an account for me. I finished all of my schooling. I haven't used it at all. I got a scholarship or something. We didn't take the funds out. Mm -hmm. We would just change the beneficiary to someone else. So new child gets assigned to it. 
but they've changed the rules. So that allows you to not have to go through that process of changing beneficiaries necessarily mm -hmm. with all of it. You have the opportunity to give them a head start on their retirement savings, which yeah. I think is so cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's brand new. So mm -hmm. um, we're excited to see how that plays out when all of the details are worked out. But if you don't end up using that Roth option, you can change the beneficiary. And I've even seen this go from grandparent creates account for grandchild, grandchild grows up, didn't end up needing the funds, they take it and move it to great grandchild. Right. So you can you can make that last for quite a while. And I think that's a really great tool if education is your goal. Um, but just like any tool, you want to make sure you're using the tool that is made for the goal. So be mm -hmm. mindful of the limitations to these things as well when you're making a decision on which one you're going to use. Certainly. So the, the next tax shelter that we're looking at is one that uh, we use. And uh, a lot of times it gets used by higher earners, right? Because... Mm -hmm. Uh, whenever you've got somebody that is is making a higher income uh, and they max out, you know, you, your other typical tax shelters, mm -hmm. then this is one that is very, very useful uh, mm -hmm. to add some extra uh, funds to. And, and I feel like this is one that gets a bad rep because yeah. everybody, when they hear this word, they have a preconceived notion for what it is. Mm -hmm. um, so we want you to take a moment and when you hear the word, pause and let us explain what we're talking about because not all of these are created equal. No, that tax shelter is called an annuity, right? And what it is, is, you know, what we've been talking about all day today, which is tax shelter. Within that that scope, what else is, is an annuity or what exactly is it? Annuities historically have been used, if used properly, really for two purposes. One is income production and the other is tax deferral of after-tax dollars. So if I have already exhausted my employer plan options and I've already exhausted my IRA options, but I have funds that I need to put back for retirement that are after tax dollars, I can put it inside this annuity wrapper that allows it to grow tax deferred as if it were in an IRA. Mm -hmm. Okay. Where I talk about people giving it a bad rap is, you know, when when people talk about annuities, they always say, oh, well, they're expensive. Mm -hmm. They did used to be and some are. Mm -hmm. If you have an income rider, they tend to be more expensive. But there are tons of products out there now that are meant for investment yeah. and they're very cost effective. Um, they're not all created equal. I will say there's more duds out there than there are winners when it mm -hmm. comes to annuity companies, but the right product used for the right purpose can be a great tool for you. Yes. Um, the other thing to remember is, you know, again, the government, they're gonna give you an opportunity. There's also gonna be a catch. Mm -hmm. If you're going to use the annuity option, you have now designated this as retirement income funds. Pretty much. Yeah. So if you touch it before 59 and a half, that little uh, penalty comes right back to you. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you're understanding the product, that it's a good fit. The other thing to watch for with annuities and the, another thing that kind of gives them a bad rep is the concept of annuitization. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say it's always bad. It depends on the product, depends on the situation. But if your goal is to accumulate funds, make sure you're avoiding a contract that forces annuitization. Mm -hmm. And what annuitization is, it's where you say, okay, I give up ownership of my funds and now they're going to give you an income, okay? Mm -hmm. That is what annuitization does, which is okay in certain circumstances, but um, it's not something we typically use. Right. The uh, I did have a client just the other day though, um, they had received an inheritance and they're, they're, the person they had inherited from had an annuity Mm -hmm. And so it got rolled into another annuity because they didn't have somebody helping them with that claims mm -hmm. process. Yeah. And they were taking an income from it. They weren't 59 and a half yet. Oh, okay. And they got penalized. And it was a contract where once you turn on the income, you can't turn it off. 
So they were stuck taking a penalty for five years. So if you're going to use annuities, we do ask that you take some time to educate yourself about it. Make sure that you understand its purpose mm -hmm. and that you're going to have the time to get past 59 and a half before you take distributions and before you and make sure you're outside of what's called surrender, because all of those contracts will have a certain period of time mm -hmm. that if you get into it, you're going to pay a fee. Right. And the last thing to note on that <coughs> is that there are no contribution limits for it, mm -hmm. uh, which, again, makes it a really, really good tool for some uh, high earners out there. But like Teresa said, you want to make sure they understand all the concepts of it. Uh, whenever you invest in these accounts and these investments. And I'm going to our two cents here. Uh, mm -hmm. Teresa, if you want to get us started. So what are you currently saving for? Are you doing it tax efficiently? There are some tips we've given you today that if you're not doing it tax efficiently, we hope you will apply and make some steps towards that going forward. And do any of these ideas sound like something you might be interested in? Mm -hmm. If so, give us a call and we would be glad to walk you through it. And that's it for us today. So thank you for joining us on Talking Sense. And don't miss our show next week as we give you a guide to investing with confidence. Thanks for listening to the Talking Sense podcast. And if you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the podcast to get all the newest episodes. The GenWealth team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. And while we like to have fun here, we're also financial advisors, and that means disclosures. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. General Financial Advisors is an Arkansas registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC.